gentlemen. This, this is Ellis Island for a professional wrestler. This is freedom. Yowie, wowie, you found me. <laughs> Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the said yeah. 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 yeah 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 let me talk to you now introducing your hosts let's give it up for the prescription fill-in smart slaying cowboy boot wearing son of a gun make some noise for doc Haas. because the great don't need to be goaded into greatness they seek it out they crave it they dare the entire locker room to come after them, just like I'm going to seek you out. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. Nope, it's just our third man, Johnny Smarks. Smarks. Who said you idiots can speak while there's a microphone in my head? And here is your host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bones. Bones. Let's make one thing clear. I don't watch this business. This business watches me. Sit back and enjoy your dose of kayfabe consumption as you listen to the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth breaking wall. The fourth wall. And what up, fam? And welcome to your one-stop shop for all things music, sports, pro wrestling, and so much more. I am your host with the most the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bones. My two good brothers, Doc and Smark, you're going to be out on assignment today. Uh, Doc's actually going to be on a short hiatus. Doc has a very big project going on with work. Um, as you all know, the three of us are all musicians. Uh, Doc and Smarky are teachers, and Doc is in the middle of putting together a huge Rush tribute show for his students and his staff. Doc will be hopping onto the show in the next week or so to let you all in on a little more information on what he's doing. Uh, so best luck to you, Doc, and we cannot wait for the performance in the spring. But with that being said, we are the Fourth Wall Cast. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to follow us on all social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Fourth Wall Cast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. And also be sure to check us out right here every Sunday on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. Go to anchor.fm slash fourthwallpop and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. On today's episode, I want to talk to you guys about some unfinished business from the Gotham series, which just ended back in 2019 after five seasons. Also, I want to talk to you about um, a report I read about a new Star Wars movie coming out after we all thought it was going to be over after Episode 9. Obviously, I'm going to have a lot of wrestling news for you all. Then I want to talk to you all about the Chip Buddy. I don't know if any of you ever heard of the Chip Buddy, but it has been an invention made by Burger King, which is only available in New Zealand, and I found it very interesting. And also the remarks from Wendy's on Twitter about it. So, without further ado, let's get into some Gotham talk. Hopefully there are some listeners out there that were Gotham fans as much as I was. Now, Gotham wrapped up, as I mentioned, after five seasons in 2019, but there was one lingering mystery that was kind of left unresolved. 
and that was the fate of the clone of Bruce Wayne named 514A. So he was introduced as an experiment by Dr. Hugo Strange uh, in his Indian Hill facility, provided for by funding from the Court of Owls, all those things. So 514A's purpose is largely a question mark, but the fans were kind of drip-fed enough information to paint a decent picture on why he was there. So for those of you that don't know, the Court of Owls enlisted Hugo Strange uh, to do research for them in terms of the resurrection of the dead. <clears throat> so us, the Gotham viewers, were introduced to 514A when he and several other experiments were loaded into a prison bus to be moved from Indian Hill. This is back during the big civil war that was going on in Gotham. However, the bus was hijacked by Fish Mooney and 514A escaped. He found himself in Wayne Manor, where the original Bruce and Alfred uh, were obviously puzzled by his appearance, how he was a doppelganger, an exact replica of Bruce Wayne. So long story short, the clone imitated the actual Bruce Wayne. He got rid of the scars that he had on his neck to show the surgery, which created him to be a clone. Uh, he ended up getting Bruce Wayne out of Bruce, um, Wayne Manor, imprisoning him, drugging him, and then posing as the actual Bruce Wayne right under Alfred's nose. Uh, he ended up have, falling in love with Selina, uh, a.k.a. Catwoman. And eventually when Bruce Wayne got back, the clone, 514A, told Bruce that he was there for a much more important reason and then jumped off of the roof and disappeared. Eventually the clone came across Catherine Monroe and Talon from the Court of Owls who said that they were his rightful parents and also let him know that there was a malfunction in his biological being on how they made the clone. So the fans were left to assume that after the clone disappeared, he just succumbed to those failings and never made it. But unfortunately, that storyline was never actually closed. There's really no closure on what happened there. So there has been talks about there potentially being a spinoff of Gotham or a potential new season coming up to maybe shed some more light on what happened to 514A and the clone of Bruce Wayne. So I really hope all you Gotham fans find that interesting. And if you have any input on what you think happens to the clone or happened to the clone, I should say, in the uh, that last season, please drop us a line and let us know what you think. Now, I want to move on and talk, since we're on the conversation of TV and film, let's talk about this new Star Wars movie. I saw an article about this. Uh, they're coming up with a new Star Wars movie to be set on that sixth planet of Exegol. There's been no real information on the plot of the story, but it looks like uh, J.D. Dillard, who's best known for his film with Slight, and also has some connections with working on Luke Cage and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is looking to come together to uh, put together a potential new trilogy for Star Wars. Uh, now that Disney owns Star Wars and Marvel, so there might be a little bit of Marvel influence as well in these new potential Star Wars movies. Wade and Heck, I'd love to hear your takes on this, since I know you guys are big Star Wars fans and very big film buffs as well. Uh, shout out to Big Heck and Wade of the Big Heck and Wade Adventures, also found right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. So, 
if the, oh, excuse me, my notes just uh, reloaded. Hold on. So, if the, uh, as Deadline reports, the new Star Wars movie will take place on Exegol, and it could fill in many of the questions we had after uh, the ending of Rise of Skywalker, such as, how did the Emperor raise an army able to command all those Star Destroyers? Who were those uh, cultists at the end of Episode Nine? How did Palpatine come back from the dead? But whatever the case, any new announcement of a new Star Wars movie is going to get everyone anxious and excited because, I mean, who ever gets tired of seeing more Star Wars? So unfortunately, there's not too much more information I have on that. It was just a quick report saying that it's in talks. So who out there wants to see more Star Wars movies? I mean, nine episodes wasn't enough. I'm down to see three more. So let's get into the nitty-gritty of my fandom, and that's wrestling. So first, I want to talk about some quick changes that have been reported potentially going into WrestleMania season. Uh, WrestleMania, since we are in WrestleMania season right now, we have a Super Showdown coming up where Goldberg is going to be facing Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship. We do have John Cena returning to SmackDown this week, I believe. And I'm sure that his he's going to mention something about how he wants to get his 17th world championship and how that's going to add Cena into the potential WrestleMania card for WrestleMania 36. So the newest reports, as per Dave Meltzer, Uncle Dave, the fiend Bray Wyatt was scheduled to defend the Universal Championship, or at least take on Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. There was no word if that was going to be for the Universal title, no word if The Fiend might potentially lose the title to Goldberg. The other report was that John Cena was going to be facing Elias at WrestleMania because of their past interactions. Um, Now, as per Dave, and I quote, a lot's changed. The only two matches that I have written about that have changed, and I don't know if it's 100% changed, but I was pretty much told that they've changed, is Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns, and John Cena and Elias. But I believe there's about five or six matches in total that have changed, but the other ones are matches that I hadn't reported yet anyway. Essentially, I think there's a Raw change too, but basically the SmackDown side of things, I would say every match is either going to change or is in danger of changing. I don't think there's... Excuse me. I don't think there's one that's solid anymore. It was yesterday I heard everything's up in the air on SmackDown, and then I heard the same thing from several other people. Then today I haven't gotten... I haven't got a new card, but I do know those two matches I mentioned right now look like they're off. What that means, I don't know. So... If you're able to unscramble the way Dave Meltzer talks, uh, Cena and Elias is no longer on the card. Fiend and Roman Reigns is no longer on the card as well. Which it is interesting because Roman Reigns is in the Elimination Chamber match. At least it's been reported that Roman Reigns will be in the Elimination Chamber match. And out of the other um, contestants in this match, Roman Reigns seems like the most likely one to win the match. Now, from what I have seen, it's also going to be Big E, John Morrison, Sheamus, Roman Reigns, I believe King Corbin, and Daniel Bryan are the six, member, uh, six contestants in, 
in the Elimination Chamber match. So, don't know where this is going to go or how this is all going to unravel, but I definitely think in past years, this is probably the most interested I've been in the build to WrestleMania because at this point in February, we don't know anything on what's going to happen yet. And usually, we could already run down the entire card starting in January of the year, beginning of the year. We could figure out every, every match on WrestleMania. At this point, we really have no idea what's going to happen. So, interesting to see how they tie in the results of Super Showdown and Elimination Chamber over the next few weeks to build to WrestleMania 36. So, on that same note, I do want to talk about what happened over this past week in AEW. AEW has finally had the greatest moment in AEW's short history. And that is probably the match between Wardlow and Cody Rhodes with that amazing spot with Cody doing the moonsault off the top of the cage. Now, while that may not have been the most picture-perfect moonsault, uh, he just went to the top. Didn't even look behind him. He just went and flipped. And luckily, Wardlow was there. So uh, big props to Wardlow for really selling that and also protecting Cody um, in that as well. But that right there is definitely the biggest moment in AEW history. And that will go down in history. That's going to be a clip that you're going to see over and over and over again in 10, 20 years from now when AEW shows their montages of of the company, you're going to see that clip of Cody moonsaulting off the top of the cage. Now, do we think that that match or this whole storyline between MJF and Cody Rhodes needed to have that spot? It might not have needed it, but that was Cody going, you know what? I'm in Atlanta. I need to make my, I need to make a moment for myself. So what am I going to do? I'm going to moonsault off the top of the cage and that's going to be a moment that I'm going to have. He wasn't thinking about AEW. He wasn't thinking about the fans. He was thinking about himself at that point. And big kudos to Cody for making history in his hometown of Atlanta with that amazing spot. Really interested to see now what happens with MJF and Cody Rhodes and what their stipulation is going to end up being uh, at their upcoming pay-per-view at the end of February. Also, uh, just a week ago, because you're listening to this right now on Sunday afternoon. Uh, just a week ago, we had NXT take over Portland. What a fucking card from start to finish. It was, yet again, another amazing takeover. I cannot tell you the last time NXT had a bad takeover. Uh, every every month, every few months, they come out with one, and it just, they, they raise the bar every time. So I do want to talk about specifically Keith Lee, defending the North American Championship against Dominic Dijakovic. What an opening match. Those two guys can fight forever. Um, two big men who are finally getting their spotlight right now under the WWE umbrella. Keith Lee, I really thought when Keith Lee and Matt Riddle both came to the company, Matt Riddle was going to be the one to shine. Not as much as Keith Lee, because Keith Lee was also injured for a while and was out of action for a few months. But he came back. Uh, bigger and stronger than ever. He is so over right now, and I definitely think that the Royal Rumble, with his little segment with Brock Lesnar, really helped put a spotlight on who Keith Lee really is. That also, along with his in-ring skills and everything, for a big man, he he knows how to move. I mean, doing moonsaults and shit, he is like the modern-day Bam Bam Bigelow, the modern-day Vader. 
Um, if you listen to guys like Mark Henry, Mark Henry puts Keith Lee over each and every week on Mark Henry's show, Busted Open Radio. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Mark Henry was just on WWE Backstage this past week also, and once again, couldn't say enough nice things about the talent that is Keith Lee. Now, on the adverse of that, I know him and Dominic Dijakovic are going to be facing each other again for the title because Dijakovic wants to still be in the title picture. I want to pose this question out to the fam now. Do you think this is what's best for Dijak? I think they've already had a great series of matches, but if you keep putting him back in the same matches, what is this doing for Dijak? Keith Lee's already over. Keith Lee already has a title. Put Dijak in a maybe going for a different title or put him in a different blood feud with a real storyline. Let's start learning on who Dijak is. We've gotten to know what he's capable of doing in the ring. And uh, speaking of that, that spot he did when he did that plancha over the top rope or off the top rope onto Keith Lee when Keith Lee was sitting in the chair, the, the desk chair or the commentator's chair was unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, Go look at Keith Lee and Dijak at TakeOver Portland from last Sunday and definitely check out that one spot. But what is best for Dijak right now? And I definitely think it's not keeping him in the same picture as Keith Lee. It's not hurting him, but it's also not helping his character. Let's get to know who Dijak is. Dijak is over in a way, so I think him being a face would be fine. Put him in some feuds against guys like Killian Dane, Damian Priest, there's some other big men that he, he could start um, helping to put over as well, which will also help get his name out there and get him more over as a babyface. I could also see Dijak just skipping any kind of NXT titles and eventually making his way to a Raw or SmackDown, which scares me, but I definitely see he has that potential to make it to the, I hate to say, quote-unquote, main roster. Uh, also on the NXT side, I want to talk about the women's division right now. So we had... Rhea Ripley defending her title against uh, Bianca Belair last week. And even though Bianca came up short, there was nothing to be ashamed of because Bianca put on a hell of a fucking show. What a match. And Bianca is definitely main event material. I think the way that match ended when Charlotte came in and attacked Rhea and then kind of just pushed Bianca out of the way is still keeping Bianca in this title picture, in the scene. So this coming week, we are going to see Charlotte Flair taking on Bianca Belair on NXT television live at Full Sail. I'm really wondering now if Bianca is going to be included into the title picture at WrestleMania. Because at this point, I'm okay with it, with there being a triple threat match. At first, I thought Charlotte versus Rhea would have been great. But adding Bianca into the mix is going to make it that much better. And you know what? In past experiences and past WrestleManias, Charlotte always looks really good in WrestleMania triple threat matches. So, love to hear everyone else's take on that. I definitely think Bianca is getting over more and more each and every week. Uh, let's see, what else we have going on right now in the world of wrestling? Oh, we do have more announcements for the Hall of Fame. So, as of a couple probably more than a couple, but a few weeks ago, we did have the announcement of the NWO, Hogan, Hall, Nash, and X-Pac uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame, as well as Dave Batista. We also just heard this week about the Bella Twins, Brie Bella and Nikki Bella, being inducted into 
into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2020. I think it's great. You know, the Bellas get a lot of hate. I don't understand why. They definitely had a lot to do with the Divas division and the women's evolution, whether people want to think so or not, regardless of what their in-ring skills might have been. But if you look at them when they first started to where they were at towards the end of their careers, they have both improved a lot in the ring, hence why they're both former champions, okay? Uh, I actually wish, if I had to pick Nikki, it was probably the better of the two. I did like Nikki in the ring a little bit better than Brie. And I do kind of wish Nikki was still, uh, was cleared to wrestle and could still be a part of today's women's division. So I think she would add a lot to storylines as well. So who else do we think is going to be included into the Hall of Fame? I saw reports about possibly Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, finally being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I know there's been some issues there with uh, the family, with the Hart family, not allowing him or not allowing Owen Hart into the Hall of Fame. I'm hoping that they definitely squashed all that and we could all will also start seeing maybe the potential of Owen Hart being inducted into the Hall of Fame where he rightfully belongs. So interested to see now who else gets inducted into the Hall of Fame over the next few weeks. Uh, I do want to move on to some sad news about another injury in WWE. Samoa Joe is once again back on the shelf with his second consecutive concussion in the span of two months. I don't know what why this luck always follows Samoa Joe every WrestleMania season, but it's just not in the cards for him, it looks like, to ever be a part of a big WrestleMania match. I really hope that he comes out of this and is cleared to wrestle at WrestleMania and gets put in a substantial match uh, in, in, uh, I'm sorry, at WrestleMania 36. So I wish him a speedy recovery and I really want to see Samoa Joe on a card, on the card for WrestleMania. On a higher note, big congratulations to Kyrie Sane, who just tied the knot and got married. It was reported within the past 24 hours or so that Kyrie Sane did recently just get married. I have not read any reports on to who she married. Uh, and I do know she recently posted some pictures, I think, on her Instagram page. Uh, but either way, big congratulations to Kyrie Sane on her, on her wedding day. Speaking of wedding days, let's change the topic real quick. For those of you all that don't know, I myself work in the wedding industry full-time. I work for a couple different agencies. I work in one of the corporate offices as well as a party percussionist and... This past Thursday, my good friends Mark and Courtney tied the knot and had a beautiful, beautiful wedding. Uh, it was nice for me to be a guest at a wedding for once, not actually working. So needless to say, I enjoyed myself. Uh, my buddy Mark invented this drink that they had at the bar called the Patriot, which was Citrone, vodka, sour mix, and Sprite. And it was so delicious. It was a little too delicious. Because I kept going back for more as the night went on. And before I knew it, I didn't even know what time it was. It was definitely one of those nights, but I had a great time. Uh, also, the night couldn't have been better because I was accompanied by the beautiful and amazing Amanda. So, Amanda, if you're listening to this, which I don't think you listen to my podcast, but thank you so much for coming with me. And I can't wait for the wedding we're going to next month. On top of that... Uh, 
I did want to apologize for not being able to record with Smarky last week. Again, it's because of this crazy schedule I have now with moving, starting my new job, and gigging on the weekends has been a lot. But we are going to be getting into a weekly schedule moving forward where we're going to make sure that at least two of us will be on the show every week moving forward. Because I know you guys don't like listening to just my voice, and no one likes listening to just Smarky's voice for even a half hour. So uh, with that being said... For me personally, I have a busy week ahead of me. I had a gig last night. I had a wedding uh, last night, uh, which was Saturday night. Tuesday, I got to go into the city for a video shoot. I have a bridal show that I'm working on Wednesday. Then I have a gig with one agency on Friday. And then my band, Emergency Breakthrough, is playing a show on Saturday night over here in Morristown, New Jersey. Uh, That's my original band. We play, you know, once every once every couple months, uh, so it's nice to kind of break up the monotony of just doing the uh, the wedding band thing or the the wedding scene. So, anyone out there in Jersey want to come check out my band? Slide into my DMs at JC Bones on Twitter or Instagram, and I'll give you guys information. So, that's what I've been up to. There's been a lot going on in the world of film and comics and wrestling. And there's just never enough time to talk about it all. But with that being said, fam, that's all. Oh, wait, before I go, the biggest topic of today's show, the Chip Buddy. So Burger King debut uh, debuts a French fry sandwich called the Chip Buddy. So burger chains have come a long way now offering a wide array of options for all, no matter what your dietary preferences are, okay? Take the meatless Whopper, for instance. It turned heads and left taste buds very curious. Now Burger King has introduced the Chip Buddy, a pattyless sandwich with french fries, mayo, and ketchup wedged in between two buns. My mouth's watering as I'm saying that, and it's only like 10 o'clock in the morning. The inspiration behind the new sandwich came from a happy culinary accident with one of the chain's chefs, according to a message Burger King New Zealand posted to its Facebook page earlier this month. With that accident, in came the idea for the Chip Buddy and the Chip Buddy with bacon. It's only available to New Zealand customers right now, and it's unclear if it's going to make its way to the States in the future. Now, the concept is not something brand new. You could find uh, different kind of burgers like this without an actual patty in uh, United Kingdom and Ireland as well, which will include maybe some fish. Chip shops will have it as well. Mayonnaise, ketchup, cheese, hot sauce, depending on your preference. Now, if you go to Wendy's Twitter page, Wendy's is is feisty. And I love, I love when they do these tweets. So... Uh, Comic Book Now posted on Twitter about Burger King testing the sandwich, testing the Chip Buddy sandwich. Well, Wendy's replied, when literally anything would be better on a bun than their beef, referring to the beef that Burger King uses on their sandwiches. And then someone commented saying, like, you could make a burger better than Burger King's, and Wendy's replies, that's literally all we do all day. Someone else replies, please tell me this is a joke. Wendy's reply was, their whole restaurant is. I would love 
to know where this whole beef between Wendy's and Burger King comes from and where it stems from, but I think it's hysterical seeing Wendy's tweets uh, against their competition. So, <clears throat> with that being said, fam, I hope you guys enjoyed my short show. Talk about some Gotham. Hopefully, we got some Gotham fans out there who enjoyed that. Uh, chip Buddy, go to, if you're going to New Zealand, definitely try the Chip Buddy. French fries on a burger. New potential Star Wars movie coming out. Potential Star Wars trilogy, maybe. As well as some wrestling news. We will be back next Sunday promptly at 2 p.m. with more pop culture news and reviews, results, and reactions for your listening pleasure. So if you guys have enjoyed the show, please be sure to follow us on all social media at 4th Wallcast. It's the number 4, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. And please be sure to give the 4th Wall Pop Network a follow on Twitter at 4th Wall Pop. That's 4th spelt out, F-O-U-R-T-H-W-A-L-L. Pop. And be sure to go check out Big Heck and Wade Adventures every Friday. Also, uh, keep on the lookout to our Twitter page for uh, an issue called The Flog coming out by none other than DFDC, which will be a monthly blog coming out uh, in regards to all fandom. Also, in the upcoming months, we have a lot going on with the network. We're going to be adding some new shows. They're going to be joining the ranks of the Fourth Wall Pop. So please stay tuned to our social media for, for all upcoming information. Once again, please be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, and subscribe and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be your biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the fourth wall cast and we are here to make it pop. Thank you for listening and goodbye. And You aiming, you think you close and fast It's quite the opposite, I'm miles ahead of you Go back to boot camp and come face me with a better you Cause I'm a legend, I could never go and back down And you're irrelevant, so I'ma turn my back now I put my blood, sweat, and tears on that gridiron I've been the greatest for years and you just still trying Still trying. Basket is glory.